Hey, this is Laura. And Steven. And this is our podcast, Midday Musings, where we take our lunch break to talk about the things that are on our mind. Today, I'm catching you up on my trip to the Bay Area. Did a bunch of Christmas activities, love to share with you. And then we go deep into Hogwarts Legacy, maybe the best-selling game of 2023. Hope you're looking forward to it. Let's get into it. Hey, Steven. Hey, Laura, what's going on? Well, I am just so excited to be back home after spending a little bit a little bit of time in the Bay Area. Yeah, we are too. The cats missed you. I also may have missed you, but I would never admit to that. Well, that seems like something you should talk to your counselor about. I, I might. I might. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's wonderful to see the cats again. I I love returning home. There's a lot of stuff that I lose when I don't have my my routine around me. Yeah. Yeah, and your emotional support cats, plural. Oh, yeah. All cats are emotional support cats, but yours is the best. Right, but I'm sure you had some fun some fun holiday times, you know, family times, and I, I, I was here. I did some things. I, well, what did I do? I worked, I worked longer hours than I probably should have, <laughs> but that's what I do when I'm left to my own devices. Fair enough. Yeah, I went down to see some of the holiday traditions that I left over in the Bay Area, so that's Dickens Fair which is based around Charles Dickens's stories. It takes place in an imagined Dickensian England. So think Renaissance Fair, but a different time period and in a covered... It's, it's the Cow Palace. I wouldn't know what to call it exactly. It's not an auditorium. It's like a convention center that was built in the 1930s and has like really defined brutalist architecture. And the lettering of Cow Palace is giving big Soviet vibes. That's neither here nor there. It's just something interesting architecturally. Anyway, I'm a big fan of that event in particular, but it's not very common to have Dickens fairs celebrating Christmas across the United States. So the one that happens in the Bay Area is a special treat. Special because they have meat pies and also something called the Adventurers Club, where you can attend a, a 19th century lecture on subjects of the day. Oh my gosh, you must have loved that. Did you go I to did. that? I did go to that. I spent about an hour and a half there. H.G. Wells, or a man portraying H.G. Wells, did some stuff on science and specifically dinosaur bones. So that was interesting. And then some representatives from the Royal Navy showed us nautical devices and gave us some information on navigation systems. Like you had to have three different navigation systems to figure out where you were in the ocean. And that was fascinating. You think to yourself, oh, it's a sextant. That's how they judge latitude. And they're like, yes, that's one thing. And you're like, oh, it's it's a compass. That's where you find true north. And they're like, well, yes, that's one of the things. But also true north is in northern Canada. Don't worry about what? it. <laughs> and then there's a chronometer is the final of the three things necessary to determine where you are in the ocean when you have no land around. They went through that and a couple of other exciting nerdy things that really, really made my tiny little nerd heart sing. Oh, I can imagine your nerd heart was probably just just singing carols, loud Christmas carols because of that. Oh, I yes. I know how much you love nerdy stuff. Though I did miss every single scene of the Christmas carol. By the way, at the Dickens Fair, they will have basically ambient theater, so a bunch of people doing theater scenes in random spaces throughout the day. And one of the things that they do, obviously, is the Christmas Carol, right? 
So like at certain times of the day, it's like Christmas past, Christmas presents, present people badgering Ebenezer Scrooge. It's a whole dealio. Fun, if you ever get the chance, you should absolutely go. It's more than worth the price of admission. Secondly, from my hometown, San Jose, Christmas in the Park. Ooh, I remember Christmas in the Park. That is quite an event too. I love Christmas in the Park, although it is much maligned locally. Oh, really? At least from the people I spoke to. But fair being fair, the uh, individuals that you speak to in San Jose are always going to be like a little bit negative. I don't know why. Like, it's it's a beautiful place with a recession-proof economy, but they hate it, and maybe they hate you. Not important. Anyway, so since the 1960s, in, in Cesar Chavez Park, they've been putting up different little dioramic scenes. So imagine if Disneyland's small world contained only images that were Christmas-themed, and they were all spread out around... <laughs> That's kind of the vibe of Christmas in the Park. It's a bunch of little sleepy seasonal scenes. And the, the paint is peeling a little bit from some of the places. A lot of these, these little audio animatronics have been doing their thing for decades. I find that very charming, particularly one scene that is a bunch of frogs playing steel drums in a Ooh. Caribbean scene. And it's like Christmas in the Caribbean. Absolutely darling. Nothing bad to say about it. But what is really exciting community-wise about Christmas in the Park is every year a bunch of different clubs um, and a bunch of corporate clubs get together and they decorate a tree. And we're looking at hundreds of Christmas trees, all with themes. I remember NVIDIA. It's, it's a local company. And they had on their own like eight different trees for a number of intra-corporate clubs. So, so they did a bunch of stuff. The firefighters always do a bunch of stuff. All the school clubs do a bunch of stuff. They go hard. Like, this is a, a serious undertaking. Some of the trees look like Mickey Mouse. Some of them look like their classical season, like classical Christmas trees. Some of them have themes like mental health awareness. Some of them have local themes. Some of them look like... A Mexican wrestler. Really? Yeah. Some of them were Barbie themed. One of them was Willy Wonka themed. It really is just great, both because the Christmas trees are delightful to look at, but because it's really a community activity that happens all around the city in October and November going forward into December for Christmas in the park. I, I love little things like that. That sounds really fun. I mean, I like the idea of all of these different unique Christmas trees representing different things, maybe different cultures, different intellectual properties, different movies. That's really fun. I'm, one thing I did a lot of when I was in the Bay Area was going to Dickens Fair. You and I went there a lot. And not only do I love all the things you mentioned, I love that they have all of the different treats. I love that they have Three Musketeers plays that are put on. And I love that a number of people that I knew from, from college actually were a big part of the Dickens Fair. I was going to say the Dickens Festival for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. So we met in San Francisco Theater. And I mean, location, location, location. Yeah. Every theater member almost ended up being pulled into the Dickens Fair arts funnel. Yeah. Do you have a favorite Dickens Fair treat? Ooh. I mean, the meat pies are really, really good. Right? I had one that was lamb and rosemary. Mm, chef's kiss amazing you know the fun thing is i don't really i'm not really a big drinker i'll have like a drink maybe once a month or something but for some reason the absinthe mm -hmm. and the absinthe bar was just 
the best experience I have at, at the Dickens Fair. Oh yeah, the Absinthe Bar is gorgeous. And you'll be happy to know that they now have an adjoining champagne bar called the Bavarium. Really? Nice. Yeah, yeah. So the Absinthe Bar is all green and it has like that Belle Epoque design. And the Vivarium is very much the same, but it's in a purple colored theme. Yeah. And oh, and all the all the little shops, you know, they have they have Christmas fairs and Christmas markets all over the country. But the Dickens Fair, the, the Christmas market that exists in it, it is it's the best I've ever been to. Like if the Ren Fair had a Christmas festival inside of the Cow Palace and it's it's fantastic. Anyway, so that's what I love about the Dickens Fair. And also Christmas in the Park, just a really fun, fun event. I'd love to go into it at some point again. Uh, just so much, so much good festival stuff to do. So much good holiday stuff to do these days. Absolutely. So what's on your mind? Well, what's on my mind is I've been For playing sure. a lot of video games. I've been playing Tears of the Kingdom. I've been playing a lot of Minecraft. And not as recently, but I was playing a lot of Hogwarts Legacy. 2023 has been a really, really good year for video games. Between Tears of the Kingdom and Hogwarts Legacy, Hogwarts Legacy, it's basically said to be the top-selling game of 2023 at this point. And if it does, it'll be the first time in 15 years that a non-Call of Duty and non-Rockstar Games game is the best-selling game of, of the year, which is, that is huge. I love that for us. Yeah, right? Oh, yeah. I loved playing that game. And we've played it a number of different times. I think you individually, me individually, and then we had a collective character that we played with a friend from Colorado who we virtually game with very regularly. Yeah. Our collective character was a Hufflepuff. <laughs> yeah. And the Hufflepuff common room. Do you remember the Hufflepuff common room? I, I can't forget the Hufflepuff common room. It was the coat... What I what I like to say is that the Hufflepuff common room, all of the common rooms are great, but that one in particular is a common room that feels like it came from a loving two-parent middle-class household. It is warm. It is green. It has little cats running around. Got a very woodsy feel to it. It almost feels outdoors, like in a garden, even though it's all inside. Yeah, it's got big greenhouse vibes. It does. It does. Very yellow. It's just... It feels warm. It feels like a, like a, a cup of hot cocoa when you're in there and mm -hmm. incredibly well designed. I don't think you actually see it in the movies. I assume you probably hear it described in the books, but it's been no, forever since no. I read them. No, no. We only see in the movies the Gryffindor common room, which was my common room. Yeah. And the uh, Slytherin common room, which is your common room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Gryffindor common room, you know, is beautiful and red and gold and representative of the beauty of the various design elements. It's not that different from what you've seen in the films. Did you find your Slytherin common room to be particularly notable? I did. It wasn't warm, but it did feel like it would be a good place to be focused. <laughs> and Expand, like, expand on that. Well, it, it was quiet. It was a little bit, it didn't have bright lights. It was a little darker. You know, there were there were snakes and skulls all over the place. So it gave a very Slytherin vibe, but it was also quieter. So when you think about Slytherins, you think about you think about a class or a house that is more maybe more ambitious, less focused on the social side of things, more focused on like individual aspiration. And it did feel very much like individual aspiration uh, with the with the touch of Halloween. <laughs> And that's a, 
underneath the black lake right yeah yeah oh and that's actually really cool because as you're in that common room there's like an aquarium that you can look into the black lake and see mermaids just swimming about that was a really fun effect it definitely didn't have the warmth of the other rooms but i think that's intentional because they're like creature comforts that's going to distract you from being the best you can be i think that's sort of funny if we if we look back at uh what at least the movies want us to believe about Slytherin, yeah. which is that it's like the the old wizarding houses, rich, elite, sort of a, a dark ac academia vibe. To have that w be without creature comforts is confusing and strange. Yeah. Because if if I were a spoiled boy, I would I would want all the creature comforts, <laughs> I every mean, last one. There were creature comforts, but there were like like the creature comforts you would imagine in like Harvard. You know, they had really nice chairs, but they were very like very put together chairs. They weren't like these big comfy sofas. Um, they just they had a bit more of a stiffness to them, if that makes sense. So, I, I guess what I'm interpreting is not a lot of padding. Yeah, is well, that what you mean? It's been so long since I played. This. <laughs> You're like, no, they're not. They're very put together, so they have a good resume. They're they're pointier. They're well dressed for the occasion. They were pointier. They look a little more intense, is what they did <laughs> versus the other houses. <laughs> oh yeah, but to be fair, I I don't remember much about my personal common room either because. At a certain point, you just spend all of your time in the room of requirement. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Right. Yeah. You you like you don't end up in your common room unless you accidentally ended a quest line and you're waking up in your common room for the next day. Other than that, you can basically roam free, and the only place you really need to go is uh, the room of requirement, which has your farming elements. So you you farm a number of plants and potion elements and you make potions in there and you have what's called vivariums where you keep special animals who you both care for and farm magical objects out of yeah yes. and as the game develops as you progress through the game the room of requirement gets bigger because you have more requirements like and i love the fact that it keeps evolving and growing and opening up more vivariums for you mm -hmm. and also that you can completely customize that that room you can put up you can put up different styles of paintings of chairs of um of everything really all throughout and it's it's really yours as as you choose to use it um, i really like that making a warm custom environment uh, aspect to hogwarts legacy that was a lot of fun oh yeah yeah although i i liked turning hogwarts legacy into kind of a first person shooter <laughs> Oh yeah, you were running around a lot, I was taking just, out poachers. And... Yeah, I was running around in the open world, just cleaning up the streets, um, getting rid of poachers and getting rid of um, the the goblin threat because yeah. your your lead your main villain in there is a goblin and a goblin army, and so you just you do that. You get rid of poachers and goblins, not... and don't don't think too deeply about it because. It is kind of a sad storyline, the way that this, this goblin um, antagonist became a goblin antagonist. It, it really makes you feel for goblins in general, but then you just have to... that They're your enemy, so... <laughs> right. There you yeah. go. Not big on nuance, but... 
very enjoyable wand mechanics. Mm. Oh, really yeah. good wand mechanics. Yeah, the combat is is really well done, as well as the exploration element when you when you're jumping on a broom or a hippogriff or some other creatures that you ride. Oh yeah. There's just something really immersive, like fully beautifully immersive of just flying around the Hogwarts grounds or around I think it's Scotland, around the, yeah. the hills of Scotland and just going to Hogsmeade and it is just full immersion i see why this game has been doing really well internationally it's it makes a lot of sense and it was being waited for for quite a while oh yeah i think i think they really they really figured out what people like about harry potter in hogwarts legacy god bless them but it's not about the characters mm. i don't think i would say i think it's about the world the it world is. is extraordinary and it's really interesting and i think most fans are interested in the Hogwarts story, whether it's the contemporary 1990s that we have in the original films, or whether it's like the late 19th century, which is what we have in Hogwarts Legacy. I'm sure that even a founding of Hogwarts game would be extraordinarily popular. Oh yeah. Medieval Hogwarts would be extraordinarily popular, early modern Hogwarts. We've got nothing but time for Hogwarts the world. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, to your point, in that game, it's about 100 years before you have Harry, Ron, and, and Hermione running around doing Hogwarts shenanigans. And so no one that you know from the movies or books is alive yet. Although you do meet some of their ancestors, which yeah, is very Yeah, yeah. There's a Weasley. You know that there's a Weasley. Oh, yeah. Very squirrely. Very Fred and George-esque Weasley. You know, he's definitely mischievous. Mm -hmm. Definitely troublemaker. And you make friends with various, various other students. And some of them get you in trouble, some of them don't. Some of them expand your knowledge of the world. Some of them teach you the dark arts. Yeah. Like, Sebastian has problems. Yeah, he really does, and he seems like so nice and, and... He seems so nice. ...welcoming, but then you realize more and more he just has a lot of family drama, and it, it he takes a dark turn. Oh, yeah, and he flirts with you heavily, so it's deeply confusing. I like know, the whole. Right? I think essays have been written on Sebastian. <laughs> essays online. They're like, why is he flirting with me? I didn't request he flirt with me. I mean, I'm not opposed to it, but... Yeah, it, it's confusing because it makes it seem like there is a dating component mm -hmm. to the game at a certain point. There is not. Sebastian's voice actor, I think, is just bringing some, like, some charge to the role. He's just smoldering in a corner like, hello. He is. Hello. He's smoldery. And he smolders all the way through his family trauma and smolders into being an, a kind of a villain. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're like, oh, Sebastian, this started so great and ended so poorly. Me and me and your buddy Ominous Gaunt are going to head out. You know, I, I'm glad you mentioned Ominous Gaunt because initially he's set up as kind of a bad guy. Mm -hmm. He's he's rougher on the edges. He's got some... There, there's just something unpleasant around him. You're thinking he's a Slytherin like like uh, Sebastian is. Mm -hmm. And you're thinking he's being set up to be like a Draco Malfoy character because he's he's unpleasant to be around. He's frankly a little, you know, about mm -hmm. you just talking to him. But throughout your time in this world, you realize he's actually a decent guy. Um, yeah, yeah. He's just mad because he's surrounded by people who are doing bad things. Yeah, like, of the Slytherins you interact with, he's the one with the most boundaries and the most of a moral compass. The interesting thing about his character is, like, he's he's actually totally blind. Mm -hmm. But he navigates his world through magic. Like, the magic lets him know how he needs to get from room to room. And I, this is my 
my personal flaw. Like I, I thought when I saw the character that it was a, it was a mistake with the character model because he wasn't looking at me. He was kind of like looking at the floor. I said, oh, mm -hmm. I guess they, I guess the the character model was messed up but no it's that he's in 2023 in a triple a game <laughs> i know in a triple a game it, it was just no he's blind he can't he literally can't see you so he's he's looking at a space beat you know next to your head <laughs> we've totally forgotten to mention hogsmeade hogsmeade oh, is another yeah. area that you can explore in great depth it's so good. and it's gorgeous at one point you get your own store to sell all of the goods that you have yes yes and you get a helpful a helpful house elf to do it. I, I remember the person you get the house elf from is like, oh, so-and-so could sell ice to an Eskimo. <laughs> Just give her what you need and she'll sell it. Yeah. It's like, okay, cool. Oh yeah, Hogsmeade is super fun. I didn't get to that quest where you actually make your own store, but I watched you play it and that part was super fun. Like oh, there's yeah. a whole number of side quests associated with it. So both both of us have finished the game, but I went on an ill-conceived journey to 100% the game. I have still not accomplished this, despite putting many hours and possibly whole days into the process. But in the end, when you're attempting to 100% a game, the real 100% is flying a hippogriff above the Black Lake. Seeing what looks like a leviathan come on out, oh, that ignoring that because do not want, Yeah, and watching the sun slip below the hills of Scotland, there's nothing prettier. Yeah. Yeah, it truly was, was a beautifully put together game. You could tell that there was a lot of love put into it, like a lot of love. People really do love this property, mm -hmm. yeah. and anything made from love definitely reflects that warmth and yeah. you feel it as you play it mm -hmm. if you guys have nothing to do this christmas or are trying to like do some christmasy things with family it's it's very much family friendly and you guys would have a great time going over and through scotland right and unlike some games like minecraft which i'm a huge fan of by mm -hmm. the way there are not really repercussions to dying. So you can run around, you can make bad decisions, you can fly through, you want to make sure you save ahead of time in Hogwarts Legacy. Mm -hmm. But if you die, you don't like lose all of your stuff, which is really, really helpful because then you can try some crazy stuff. Like I remember I jumped off the top of the of, of Hogwarts uh -huh. without a broom and just just fell for, you know, 40 stories and then immediately jumped on the broom and went, holy cow, that was super fun. Uh, and then I did it again. And the next time I totally missed and just completely splattered my character. Oh, yeah. And I think, I think now or close to now, they've dropped the expansions so that Quidditch can be played. Really? Yeah, I know. I know that it was upcoming. I'm not 100% on whether it's dropped, but that's the expansion pack. If you guys are into Quidditch, do that. If you guys have difficulty with the broom dynamics as I did, ignore it completely and walk right the right the heck away. Yeah, the broom dynamic. I imagine there's probably some upgrades to the broom dynamics in future releases. And Dare to upgrades. dream. Because, you know, your experience was not unique. I struggled with it a decent amount. It took me a while to really get good at it. I got decent at it, but not through lack of a lot of failure i failed a lot oh yeah racing with it. that very snarky other student i've forgotten her name because i've chosen to oh she's great i forget her name is too. she great she is which I she's her. so snarky i know i like that she, i 
Maybe maybe I was in too vulnerable a place with my poor broom flying. If you were maybe if you were better at broom flying, you wouldn't have been as offended. You'd be like, fine, bring it, girl, whatever. Yeah, if I were better at broom flying, probably I wouldn't have been so offended but, by her snark. But she wasn't being nice to you when you were like just just struggling to get through it. Right? Like you're nice when people struggle. Yeah. You're snarky when someone is already good and you need to get them to improve. Oh yeah, but she didn't care. She's like, whatever. I'm just here to she win. She didn't care. She's like, I I am a character who has a set number of responses <laughs> right. and I will not be altering them for your situation. You know, I hear they had a morality option or a morality system in the game initially, at least they had planned mm -hmm. to, and then they, they cut it in the end. I think that would have been really interesting if they had it left it because you can make some truly terrible decisions. Oh yeah. And you can see the remnants of that, uh, that yeah. morality system in the game in some of the some of the prompts that you get. Like, you're asked questions, and there's clearly a right answer, and there's clearly an evil answer. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. Like, I remember doing, like, three unforgivable curses. Uh-huh. Because my Slytherin guy, he just went off the rails. He did well, whatever. Well, the thing is, the unforgivable curses are such powerful spells. They are. They are. And, and when there's, there's no consequence to using them. There really isn't. Like, I used three of them in a row, and then it went to a cutscene where a number of teachers said, You're doing great! Keep keep on the good fight, and they said keep nothing. Avada cadavering all of these ogres and goblins, like just kill them dead. They they basically turned a total blind eye, and it, with a morality system, I feel like they would have been like, okay, you, we need to talk about this when you get back. They would have been like, thank you so much for your contribution to the safety of the school. We have a couple of ors here to take you to Azkaban. Yeah. Uh, we hope that you get the rehabilitation that you need. Right. Fun fact, when you play as a Hufflepuff, you do get a chance to go to Azkaban briefly. Oh, yeah. 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 So um, different different houses have subtly different available quests, and that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Not a lot of different available quests, but the the one in particular that stood out was the Hufflepuff one. Like, you actually go to, you go to Azkaban, you interview a prisoner that a former or has accidentally imprisoned and mm -hmm. so there's a lot of juicy stuff there about the the form the the former or who feels a deep level of guilt about this person who's slowly going insane in azkaban that is entirely their fault um so that's that's some juicy stuff yeah i often think about azkaban in 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 t moments to myself and about wizarding society at large, because Azkaban is a horrifying concept. Oh, yeah. But it is their prison. And they say it's their bad prison, but there's no other prison ever mentioned. And so you're just like, bros, I think that you might not be the good guys here. I don't think any good guys would do this thing. <laughs> it makes you question some things, right? Yeah, it makes yeah. you question a lot of things. I would love to spend more time in the Ministry of Magic. We we get to in Fantastic Beasts, but it's the American right. Ministry of Magic. And the British Ministry of Magic always struck me as having genuine problems, like deep-seated evil that needs to just be examined or like pulled out. Oh, yeah. But maybe that's another, uh, another theme of Harry Potter, like the intractable demonic quality of British government. <laughs> well, if you consider how the students are kind of let to run wild and the stuff that they are asked to do in the books and the mm -hmm. movies it's you wouldn't ask children to do those things like oh go and explore this incredibly dangerous forest and get this thing for me that would be great 
they're put in more danger than I think a typical school would put kids in. But that's not every kid. Like, that's a unique kid. That's like, that's Harry Potter and whoever you're playing in Hogwarts Legacy who has the unique ability to to access ancient magic. Ancient magic. They're like, oh, you've got ancient magic. Now you've got additional responsibilities. Go into the forest and do this thing. Yeah. But like, they're not asking Susie, like... Susie Ravenclaw, 11-year-old who just showed up to please, like, kill poachers and retrieve things from deep, dark, like, cavernous old mines. Yeah. That would be, that would be inexcusable. But then again, here's the thing that always bothers me about sleepaway schools. Mm. How, like, what's the recourse? Like, you could, you could tell your parents about it, but I, like... There's definitely someone reading your outgoing mail, right? Oh, for sure. Especially in a magical society. Right? Like, they don't even have to open it in a magical society to know what you're writing. Yeah, they just have some sort of detection magic where if there's any anything mentioned about the school that's untoward or about a teacher that's untoward, they would be notified immediately. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, what I'm saying is there's a lot to still further explore in Hogwarts. The administration, the Ministry of Magic, the question marks about like student survival rates because they've got to be low right oh yeah there's just a couple of things where you're like this doesn't Mm." and also goblin rights you know we talked about that briefly but yeah in, in that world they spend some time talking about the origin story of one of the main antagonists that is a goblin and you really feel for him because he has actually a very unsavory experience with the wizard early on in his life like the wizard basically treated him like he was dirt he went to go return a wand to yeah this wizard, yeah because goblins wizard, aren't allowed to have wands because goblins aren't allowed to have wands but he's literally returning this wand to this wizard and the wizard slops the crap out of him and and admonishes him for even approaching him and touching that wand and you're like he was just trying to give it back to you, bro. Yeah, you're like, I'm kind of I'm kind of on the goblin side. Yeah. It, like, maybe... Is that one of the elements of the morality system? Can we just... I don't know. Yeah. Topple wizarding society? They seem like douches. It actually reminded... Oh, no, I hate to make this comparison, but it reminded me a little bit of that episode of Doctor Who hmm. where they went back to Rosa Parks' time and hmm. the, the Black Companion that the Doctor had went to approach someone in the street to return something that they had dropped and immediately got verbally assaulted by this big white man and was like how dare you approach us know your place I'm like oh man oh yeah like bad. there's a there's a lot to dig into in harry potter from like a 2023 lens so within the the books there is some ink spilt on the idea of spew where you know hermione's trying to liberate house elves yeah but nothing materially progressive is there about it i think at the end of everything it's kind of like no dobby was weird for wanting to be out of servitude (laughs) these house elves just love it (laughs) they love serving wizards they have in like impossibly excellent magic like magic beyond that of wizards and they just want to serve you like genies why don't ask questions right right. don't worry about it (laughs) regardless definitely enjoyed the journey in hogwarts oh yeah it's it's beautiful like these are these are not complaints these are thoughts in fact these are evidence of greater engagement with the source material right this is love we just have curious questions about it just like just like how people will sometimes have these these questions of 
of like the darkness behind behind Disney rides and whatnot, uh-huh. but it just shows a deeper interest in that. Yeah, um, you've loved it so much, you mm-hmm. want to turn it over. Exactly. You're like, what else is there and to this? And look at the ugly bottom. Right? Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's the t-shirt right there, Laura. That's the t-shirt. You want to turn it over and look at the... You will love, Sometimes you love something so much, you want to turn it over and look at the ugly bottom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Quote me, I guess. <laughs> That's our first t-shirt, guys. Yay! Anyway, uh, yeah. No, um, I love Hogwarts Legacy. I love that it might outsell Call of Duty at all, Modern Warfare, etc. Yeah. Because something should unseat those. Yeah. And that something could be Harry Potter. That'd be pretty cool. It'd be pretty cool. I'd be into it. It's coming to the end of our lunch break, though. It is. It is. That said, it's been a marvelous lunch break. I loved talking about video games with you. They're a big passion for me. Listeners, if you have any more interest in hearing about other video games, you know, Minecraft, Tears of the Kingdom, I've been playing a ton of both of those. We've both been playing a ton of Minecraft, so happy to talk about more of it. If you're like, you know what? I hate video games. How dare you bring them up? A video game killed my father. You know, that's fair too. Yeah, thank you so much for spending time with us, and we will catch you later. All right, catch you on the next lunch break. Bye. This has been Steven. And Laura. Thanks for tuning into Midday Musings, the podcast where we talk about all the things on our mind. Be sure to follow us on Spotify and jump into the conversation in our polls and Q&As. We would love to hear from you. Catch you next lunch break. <laughs>